Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Mama's Blogging for Biz and Bliss podcast, where we talk about blogging for fun, blogging for biz, and all the bliss in between. I'm Kathy Stoll from Bliss Beyond Naptime. Go on and pour yourself lots and lots of latte, Mama. Kick back and enjoy today's show. I'm Kathy Stoll from Bliss Beyond Naptime, and here's where we're going to be talking to moms who are turning their love of blogging into a source of income for the family. And today we're talking to a dear old friend of mine, Nancy Ripton, and she's going to be talking how she turned Just the Facts Baby into a hub full of the latest and greatest on baby news and you should check it out because well first of all if you are a mama and you're knowing about baby stuff you I mean all of these topics are just going to trigger stories within you really interesting stuff so I kind of got lost in there and we're going to talk more about that in a sec but it's pretty cool to see an old university friend of mine that's where we got to know each other many many moons ago and really got to know each other waitressing at this restaurant that was so much fun it was definitely my funnest, you know, pre-university graduating jobs ever. We all became good friends and yeah, that was a great vibe there. So it's funny that we, of course, took off a tangent around what to feed our kids. But I just find that I often attribute my waitressing past as really developing some of my skills for my entrepreneurial journey, more in particular with my coaching. But because Steading off on this course of being motivating to yourself and working with clients, waitressing really fosters that, just seeing the best in people, not making assumptions and accommodating people's needs and even forecasting what those might be. So I don't know. I really feel that that was a boot camp for business if I ever been through it. So it's really neat to see Nancy. We reconnected through Facebook, of course. So it was real exciting to see her beautiful face again. Kind of cool to see that she too was blogging for biz like me, but her scenario is completely different than mine. So she has what looks like an advertising business model, but she's going to mention in our chat later in the end how it is just, if anything, blogging a platform platform to really launch other projects and that is just what she did with her first book about what to feed your baby so that was fun to talk to because we all got stories on what we feed the munchkins hey so she's a delight and i'm sure you are going to love our conversation and but first a word from our sponsor this episode of Mama's Blogging for Biz and Bliss is brought to you by A Whiff of Mama Bliss. Lavender is the jack of all trades essential oil. I like to diffuse it to comfort and calm the environment. 
especially helpful after one too many triple shot lattes. As my husband pours my bath at the end of a long, blogging for biz and bliss day, I ask him to sprinkle in a few drops while wearing a gladiator outfit. Did you know that with the Young Living Premium Starter Kit, you get 11 five middle bottles of these amazing essential oils plus a diffuser? Sign up for my weekly Whiff of Mama Bliss newsletter over at www.awhiffofmamabliss.com to learn how to get yours, how I use these oils in my day-to-day, how to get a free essential oil sample mailed out to you, and automatically get entered to win my monthly giveaway of a bottle of Young Living Essential Oil. That's www.awhiffofmamabliss.com. Welcome, welcome to the Mama's Blogging for Biz and Bliss podcast. Today on the show, we have a dear, dear friend of mine named Nancy Ripton from JustTheFactsBaby.com. So, a dear, dear friend of mine from way long ago. Today, though, my friend Nancy is a journalist and mother of three, and she started Just The Facts Baby on her first maternity leave as a way to make some spare change, help moms, and stay informed. So eight years later, it is a part of her ever-changing business plan, and I cannot wait to hear what's in store for that. So take it away, (laughs) So lovely to hear your voice again, and I cannot wait to hear your story, because the truth is we haven't spoke for a few years, so it was just so awesome to reconnect voice to voice and get caught up. But I would begin our little chit-chat today by telling us a bit about yourself, your beautiful, gorgeous family there, and where exactly you live. Well, not exactly. You don't have to give us your address. Not the exact address. Okay. (laughs) So I'm just outside of Toronto, and I guess where do you want me to start? <laughs> wow! Like well, so family work, or yeah. first let's hear how many kids you got. I have three. So uh-huh. I have a daughter who's five, and then I have two boys that are seven and almost nine. Cute, cute. And that's so cool. We were saying before we hit record, having a little girl. And it's just so funny. I have to say, I was the middle child and I was the only girl. Two brothers. And so, yeah, I kind of got labeled middle child syndrome and little princess. So, yeah, that explains a lot about me having my podcast here. But because <laughs> I find middle children like very, my middle child is like typical. Everyone says, he's like, oh my gosh, he's such a middle child. I know, I know. I totally have a middle child complex. It's like, look at me. Don't forget about me. Is that what you're seeing in him? Yeah, like a, yeah, like a little bit. Like, definitely he's that. But he's just like, if you were to read, like, a stereotypical thing about, like, what they do. Yeah, definitely, like, look at me and just, I don't know, like, attention getting and very creative and just everything that you would think from a middle child. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You're almost making me want to have another just so just I can... So you have a middle child? <laughs> To an anthropological study. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see what happens to Kale now. All right. So this is the Mama's Blogging for Biz and Bliss podcast. So we want to hear about your blogging. And first of all, how about we begin with what came first, the blogging or the biz? And just maybe the facts on how Just the Facts Baby came to be. So Just the Facts Baby came. So there is myself and then one of my good friends, Sydney Loney, who I've worked with for years. So we ended up getting pregnant within six weeks of each other. 
So my whole plan, like even when I went into journalism, was I didn't want to work really hard on a career and then have to give it up when I had kids. And on the same hand, like I kind of always knew, like it just wasn't me. Like I couldn't have kids and then go away and leave them in daycare or leave them with someone else. Like I just wanted to be a part of everything and not miss stuff. So I kind of, I guess, wanted it all. And one of the things that appealed to me about journalism was that you can, you know, I could be an editor and have this crazy busy job. And then my plan was that I could just freelance and, you know, really scale back my hours, but still kind of work from home when I had kids. So I think just the facts baby came about because I had been an editor for, I don't know, like eight years. And like I'd always had my own project and I started freelancing just before I had kids. I mean, I started freelancing just before, like when I got pregnant because I wanted to build up my clients and everything. And I, I think I realized like it was really hard for me to go from working from someone else to like, I mean, like giving out the assignments to being the other way and having to take feedback and do exactly what people want it. So it was kind of my way of starting like my own little mini magazine. And yeah, we like started it, we started it together. So it was just like a project for us to do to kind of use our creative invent. And I think at the time, like it was eight years ago. So mummy blogging was so much different than it is now. And there just, there wasn't that much out there. Like there was a lot of people just talking off the cusp and sharing stories, which was great, but we want it like just the facts, baby. We want it like something that was written by moms, but like also was factual and like well-researched and people could trust the information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I checked out your blog and there's a lot of stuff that is just, you can get pretty stuck in there. <laughs> you know, being moms, it's like you're on top of a lot of the hot button issues that you bring up. And yeah, what a great Bible resource that you offer there. So did you have fun like with the whole writing and collaborating with your friend there? So you kind of went into it with the intention of turning it into a biz from the get go. We, huh? we went in with the intention. Our intention was a little bit unrealistic at the time. I think we went in with the intention like we were going to sell advertising. Again, this was eight years ago, so it was really different than the advertising market now on web. But we had, I think, underestimated like how much work it takes to go and get advertising. Like our business model was built on getting local advertisers to advertise. But the thing is, like, it's just like so much. They're they're small businesses, right? So they don't have a lot of money to spend. So. It would be like maybe, you know, two to four hundred dollars per person. But the amount of work that went into like getting the two to four hundred dollars was like for an ad is crazy. So we did that for like the first year or two when we had babies and we would just kind of alternate like one of us would watch the two babies while the other one went out to like meet with clients and like try and sell advertising and like vice versa. So it was like very interesting and we just like we learned so much about the business because like I said, both of us came from an editorial standpoint in magazines and it was just like a great experience and so much fun to like figure out kind of how to actually like run a company and not just the putting together the editorial side, but like the marketing and promoting your site and like trying to sell advertising and trying to actually Mm -hmm. like turn it into a viable business. So yeah, the advertising 
model is a pretty, I'm not very familiar with myself because I never actually offered advertising in my blog, but I would sense that there would be different kinds of pressure to like really be pumping out the content, making sure that it's consistent and that you're keeping, you know, those numbers up so that it appeals to your potential clients. Has your business model changed since then? It has changed. So yeah, we just kind of, we realized that we did not, or it wasn't where our interest was. Like I think when you start doing all of these different things, like, and I guess this would be my one piece of advice for anyone starting a blog. Like the one great thing about Sydney and I working together is that we'd worked together for years. We know we get along well. Like we'd gotten, we still get along well. Like we've never had any issues with that and our personalities mesh really well, but we have exactly the same skill set. So like it, nice. on, a, on one way, it's if you're forming a partnership with someone, like ideally, it would be better to form a partnership with somebody who had a different skill set. We had actually brought someone in, but it didn't, it didn't pan out that had like an advertising and marketing background. And I think that like an ideal situation would be having someone who is equally as invested in you, but just had like a different skill set to like market and advertise it. But neither one of us loved selling advertising. Like it wasn't our thing. It wasn't what we loved to do. So we ended up out, we've gone through like a few different companies, but we've like out ended up outsourcing our advertising and just having like another company sell our ads for us. Nice. Yeah, it's all about finding out your strengths and And focusing on someone else. Yeah, and then we just don't really like even have to worry about it. So Nice. Cool. So that's how you are earning an income from your blogging right now is through the advertising um, dollars? It is, but <laughs> right? Like the big but is that like the advertising is so up and down and it can be very discouraging because it doesn't necessarily relate to your numbers. So your numbers can be like fantastic. Like you can have the best traffic month that you've had like ever and your revenue is the lowest it's ever been because it all depends on what the company happens to sell the advertising for that particular month. So you have absolutely no, you know, idea what you're going to make month to month. Like it's just all over the board. And then there's also like a few years ago, it was really like quite good. And so we were doing fairly well and we decided like it was time. Our site had been up for a while and we had to revamp it and make it like mobile friendly and so we had invested some money and then now we're then it just crashed like (laughs) we had like problems with our advertiser and it crashed and we had to switch companies and switch back and all this stuff so we had a period where we were making like almost no money and it was the same period where we spent more money on our site than we have since our startup so kind of now everything that we're we're making money again but we're unfortunately kind of putting it back into (laughs) paying for the redesign so (laughs) <laughs> I know. Love, so. I, yeah, I experienced something very similar last year. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like, woohoo, I'm rolling in it. Spend, spend, spend. And it's just like, oh, yeah. I know, but you learn so much, right? Because then oh, totally. the next time that that happens, like, it's not like exactly. you kind of think, I think, when you haven't had a business that it's always going to be this like upward path and it's not that way, right? Like it'll go up and then it'll take a nosedive and then it goes up and nosedive. So you kind of have to be prepared for those nosedives and exactly. not be so excited when it's going up. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm glad that was one of my questions for you. Yeah. What you learned from that floppy experience. So thank you very much. And so let's, take a look at your family like what does your family think about mommy being on a computer because it's so funny how my kids kind of reference it sometimes like it's just like kind of a shocker it'll come out of nowhere like you know we'll just be like 
playing like a silly game and is like, oh, yeah, and then there's mom on her computer. And it's like, what? Daddy's on his computer just as much as I am, you know? <laughs> it's just like, oh, it's just a funny concept. So how are you able to manage it with your munchkins or kids are similar ages, like to keep a balance there between the family and work? You know what? This is like probably almost the easiest I've had it. Like it was, it was really tough when they were smaller because they weren't all in school. And mm-hmm. I would literally like, I remember when like, I would just, I kind of like never did anything other than hang out with my kids and work. Like, cause I felt guilty that the second they were, I shouldn't say hang out with my kids and work. Like I had a social life and hung out with friends, but if I was alone and actually had alone time, like I never did anything for myself other than work yeah. because I felt like I had to kind of use like all of that time. So I would like when my kids were babies, I remember they wouldn't, my kids wouldn't sleep unless they were like on me or moving in a stroller. <laughs> so I, I actually used to have, when my kids were really young, I would put like them in a sling and I would type like over top and then I'd have like a breastfeeding pillow on my lap. And then when they were totally asleep, cause the sling was like heavy. I just kind of like take the sling off my shoulders and they'd sleep kind of like wrapped around my belly as I like typed over top of them. I have a picture of myself doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Little bald head sticking. It looks like my boob, but it's not. It's a head. It's a head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a hairy <laughs> not not even anyways, yes, on the boppy and mama blogging away. The boppy, yep. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Cute. Yeah, that was pretty much the way I did it too when they were younger. When they were napping, that's what I'd be doing. You know, when I very first started blogging, I would alternate between, you know, my sewing or spinning. But usually it turned into blogging and that's what I coached my other moms. It's like when the kids are awake, you know, that's when you want to get the house chores done. You know, yeah, and that's you can when make them a part of it, right? Like I mean, totally. that was my kids had. So now like all my kids are in school full time, so it's much easier. But yeah. like after school, they had, they all had play dates. Like we kind of alternate and have like days where we do stuff together and do play date days. So today was a play date day. So one of my kids was at a friend house and then I had kids here, but they can like handle themselves. Right. So totally. I was like on my computer the whole time that their friends were over. And then as soon as their friends left, then I made dinner and like my daughter like helped make dinner and was like chopping stuff Aww. up and then like my son was reading a book or whatever, but it was just like, it's easier. Yeah. I don't do like if they're quiet, I do computer stuff. If they're like around, cause they can color, they can do stuff. Like when you're, I don't know, I just, I oh, find it easier. Yeah. You don't need the concentration, right? Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah. You, yeah. You definitely get into your own flow and yeah, that sounds like a nice rhythm that you have going on there. Yeah. So awesome. So wondering that, what would you say is your most favorite part of this venture that you have going on? most blissful part of your blogging for biz the most blissful part well you know what so this is i guess part of the like journey of it is that i actually i think the nature of our site is that because it provides like factual it's like just the facts baby and it's most of our information some of it's for older kids but the majority of it is for like pregnant women to age two like two two and a half so a lot of the information on it like doesn't change that much, right? Like if you're writing a story on how to handle teething or how to get your kid to bed, it's kind of the same story. So we've built up, like we have almost 500 stories on our site. So we have so many that I kind of don't need to update the site as much. Like, so, and then also because we, I think our dream of making it like (laughs) making like a living off of it is kind of done. So instead 
we've kind of used it as a vehicle to like market ourselves more as parenting experts. So like I mentioned, Aww. like I did freelance, so I would like do freelance, like, and we'd be just the parent, like just the facts, baby, like experts. And then I recently like wrote a book. So I think I think, oh, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. I think like that's one of the things too. Like if you can't, like you said, like it's hard to make money at a blog, but you can use that for certain things. Like I don't think, not, I don't think like I know, like I would not have gotten a book deal if I didn't have just the facts baby, because everything now is about social media presence and they want to know how you can market something and they want to know that you have followers and they want to know that you have people that consider you a parenting expert. So the fact that we had a site that had like 300,000 people a month that like come to our site for information was very valuable to like a publishing house that was looking for a writer. So I think it's kind of like using that the blog to like segue into other ways to like deliver information. That is brilliant. Oh, honey, congratulations on that. Like, what a feat. And absolutely, it's just, yeah, if anything, a blogging is a great platform to position yourself as an expert and that you do have, like, an awaiting audience ready to get their little paws on the baby you just birthed out. How about you tell us a bit about this book you wrote? My friend, the author, is so cool. <laughs> so this is actually, it's on, it's called Baby Self-Feeding. So it was based on just there's like so much research on like the way that kids should start like first introducing like how you should start first introduce solids to your kids. And I found that all the camps were so extreme. Like there's the whole baby led weaning that like became really popular in Britain where it's like no purees and it's really extreme and you can feed your kid anything off your plate and you can give your kid like your six month old a drumstick and just have them gnaw on it or like it's yeah. really kind of it's a little scary and a little extreme and I mean for some people it might work out perfectly but there's like a really high risk of choking and it's scary for some people and then there's you know the other extreme which I have to admit I kind of fell into with my first kid of just feeding your kid purees for way too long because you're terrified that your kid's going to choke so yeah this is basically like I have a co-author Melanie Potter who's amazing like feeding specialist and so it's a lot of like we did basically like six months of non-stop research and I talked to experts from like all over the world basically on what is the research like what should kids be doing so it kind of summarizes like if you best case scenario like what you can do to make your child like learn to love food because I see my kids at this age like there's so many picky eaters and kids are just given so many bad processed foods and that's what kids tend to be drawn to right like kids like these processed foods so the whole thought behind the book is on like getting your kid to love like natural healthy food from a young age and Mm -hmm. making their taste buds want those healthy foods as opposed to the processed foods yes yeah that makes sense totally yeah they Especially, you know, like first introduction. Okay, here's a little story about my husband. Apparently, he was fed nonstop apple juice as a baby, like was in his bottle like 24-7. Because people didn't know any different, right? I know, I know. And now he's got the world's biggest sweet tooth. He eats like a bird. And then, it's, you know, kids are in bed and he's just like sugar, 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 sugar. Yeah, it's like the comfort so food. <laughs> but I have to tell you, you know, the whole fear of your kid choking, my husband would be like, oh, my God, that is Kathy, too. Like to this day, if we're eating something like lamb or some kind of steaky thing, you know, Craig's not allowed 
to cut up their meat, I have to because <laughs> I cut it up. It's pretty much pureed by the time I'm done, like, cutting it up. And so now the kids are always begging that data cuts up their meat for them. So it's, it's not, like, so tiny. <laughs> it's, it's scary. Like, when you look at the stats, like, it's, like, the leading cause yeah. of death in children. It's choking, yeah. right? I like see it. Yeah. Well, I had a, I had a choking incident too when I was a toddler. My mom told me that we were at a grocery store and we we're waiting, you know, the checkout. And she told me I was whining because I really wanted some lifesavers. So she gave me some lifesavers to quote unquote shut me up. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And sure enough, I choked on one and I was turning purple, apparently. And my mom started freaking out. And this is like back in the 70s when they had the store manager up in the sky, like an angel, like in his office with the glass walls, you know, and he saw me choking. And she said he was like a superhero. He like flew down the stairs. He came and he Heimlicked me. This is graphic. I might have to put like a rating on podcast episode but she said a projectile vomited all this like white like liquid and it landed in a neat little pile on like the till and then out popped the red lifesaver like a cherry on top on the pile of the white stuff oh my god yeah and i'm like see that's why i don't get my kids you know anyway i totally have the leftover fear of choke to this day and my kids would be eating supper and i'm singing our song to 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 that's what we do and it drives them crazy yeah because <laughs> you've got this but, like subconscious like memory of yes yeah. yeah. <laughs> like i love air i want my babies to breathe very cool because this could be so amazing and such a perfect gift for like a mom like with like a baby i guess because I remember feeling so kind of like, oh, I don't know what to do. You want the best. I actually read, I was really into nourishing traditions. And I read what they said in their chapter, First Foods for Babies. And they actually said or recommended, and it was a really interesting combination, uh, like a soft-boiled egg, the yolk of a soft-boiled egg, and pureed liver, I believe. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what I did with Kale, like my son, my youngest. Yeah. And I told my mom and she said, yeah, that I gave you egg yolk as well as your first food. I'm like, huh, I never heard of that before. Yeah, but definitely soft, squishy stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I think, you know what, like it's, it's weird because after I did the research from this book, I feel like a lot of what we feel like we have to give our kids is a result of marketing, right? Like when you think about it, we're told we're supposed to give rice cereal to our kids, like in Pablo. That's a big no-no, right? Yeah, and we're supposed to give like purees. And like, you know, but you think who's feeding all this information? Like there's companies making money off this. And then ironically, when you feed your kid a diet, like I did, like this is one of the ironic things about being a journalist is that a lot of times I don't get assigned stuff until after my kids have already passed that age because they want my experience. So I learn all this stuff after the fact and I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I... I wish I knew yes. this before, but yeah, like it's all these pureed and bland foods and everything like that. And they're t- so those companies are making money off it. And then you're teaching your kids to not like fruits and vegetables, to not like things that have spices or taste. You're teaching them to like packaged processed foods. So it's, yeah. it's kind of creating this cycle of like desire for these companies that have money. Like we're, and you think like, where is this idea that we're supposed to feed our kids like this coming from? It's coming from marketing. So like in reality, like kids should not eat purees for more than like a month. 
like they that's all they need they need to learn to swallow and then Mm -hmm. they're gone like they can have them once or twice a week but they should be eating another food so that was this book like really breaks down like exactly to the size and exactly the type of foods and like just to try to take the fear out of choking and try to be able to like encourage people to like experiment with foods Mm -hmm. But I, I found it funny, too, like it's suggesting that like at a young age you give your kids curry and you give kids like spicy food and get them to like, yeah. you know, which I never would have done. But you think yeah. about it, it makes sense. Like if you give your yeah. kids stuff that's tasteless, for some reason our society has like taught us that your kids aren't supposed to have spices because they're babies and they can't handle it and their digestive system can't handle it. So instead we give them stuff, everything bland. And then all of a sudden when they turn three or four, we expect them to eat what we do and like spicy food. And then we're surprised when none of them like it. Right. Yeah. Well, I was really good with Edie. I think the first time we took her to a restaurant was an Indian restaurant and you know, I was full on gave her everything we ate. You know, we actually brought like a little food mill with us sometimes, like, you know, just to like smush up some things, but that that was probably falls under the jurisdiction of puree. But anyway, and then when Kale was a baby, I made a doll, like a lentil doll, and all of a sudden his eyes just started like swelling up, like shut. Like he wasn't having an allergic reaction and I was like oh, like freaking out. <laughs> I called the ambulance. This is when we were in the boonies and I called them like five minutes later, where are you? Because he was breathing fine. But definitely after that, I was a little gun shy around curry because, I don't know, I just actually started cooking curry, but it took me like, what, six years (laughs) to to reintroduce it back to the menu just because it was such a scary experience. But definitely, though, before that incident, I was all about, does your son have allergies? No, he doesn't. He has food sensitivities. And I'm really wiggling my fingers a lot in this interview. But I mean, like, you know, you take your kid to the naturopath. Like, they're all going to be sensitive to dairy. You know? yeah, but, yeah. yeah, but no, I wouldn't say he has allergy. He's fine. Like, I just try to overdo it with dairy with him. But because I'm a bit of a foodie, like, you know, I'm not like, I just love food. And I love ethnic food. When I was pregnant, oh, my God, I could have. Unfortunately, there's no ethnic food around here, but I actually like went to Vancouver just so I could eat when I was pregnant. <laughs> I was just really craving. But yeah, I just, for me, I didn't want to have like a diner situation in our kitchen, like cooking the kids separate meals than what Craig and I were going to eat. You know what I mean? It was just kind of like, okay, this is what I'm cooking and you're going to learn to like it. See, that's great. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. And like that, like when you were talking about your daughter eating that, like at such a young age, like how, like how old was she? Like a few months? Yeah, like this when well to be honest, I was under the camp of extended breastfeeding. Like she didn't even really eat salt. I kind of with her I went with her curiosity, you know, if she kind of reached for food then I would give her some from my plate, but she wasn't really interested until about 8 months old and, and it was so funny cuz my mom came to visit and Edie was on her belly and my mom saw her picking up <laughs> like little pieces of lint from the carpet and putting it in her mouth. And my mom, I'm sure you met my mom. We go way back. She's from Peru. She has this really thick accent. She's kind of sounds like a pirate. She's like, I got the, this little girl is hungry. Look at her. She needs to eat some real food. She's eating carpet. Caramba, you know? I love it. (laughs) I'm like, no, she's just exploring her environment, man. You know, so, but no, you know, I have to, say both my kids they're pretty cool adventurous they'll try everything but you know they go through phases when the pickiness comes up and I'm just like well tough luck well this is me talking after I just made coconut 
rice and regular rice because now they both decided I don't like coconut rice, but I have to have it with my salmon. So anyways, uh, this is such an awesome book. And obviously we could talk about what to feed the kids forever. forever yeah. We all have experiences. We all had the, yeah, not 100% certain because sometimes they just seem like critters from a completely different planet and it's just like what do I do with this guy so yes so um, I got a little note from you saying that you were wanting to do a little gifty gifty yes 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 <laughs> yeah so you have a bit of a contest going on we, for the book we do we have so the book although we would love to do a giveaway we will be doing giveaways at like a later point for it but it actually i think i just put it because i'm excited the book isn't even for sale yet but <laughs> it went up yesterday on amazon for pre-sale Aww. so i was That's like good. which i can't this is like an interesting thing like i had no idea how long the pre-sale period is like yeah like it went up yesterday so it's not officially even for sale till july but i guess they like, oh, to, they like it on pre-sale. well you know what i'll I will repost this interview in July. And in July, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, and you, but if you repost it in July, we can totally do a book and like a book giveaway in July. Okay. And All then right. we have a giveaway on our site right now that they can go to and enter with Melissa and Doug, which makes like such awesome toys for kids. And yeah, it was kind of like with the New Year's thing about using that whole like time of year to get it on track. So they have like a kitty planner that's great. And we're doing a contest so people can enter it just the facts baby for for the contest. Awesome. So that's just thefactsbaby.com, and it will be parent there where the contests are. Nancy, this was so much fun, and we'll be sure to have you back on the show when you come out with your next book. Sounds great. <laughs> and thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your blogging for this story and for biz and we'll be talking to you again very soon hopefully thanks Kathy it was so good to get caught up with you oh bye bye thanks for listening don't want to miss an episode then be sure to subscribe at iTunes and while you're at it why not leave a review another way not to miss a bit of bliss is to subscribe to my newsletter over at blissbeyondnaptime.com lots of freebies there to choose from that will get you on that list and will support you on your blogging for biz dreams. Until next time, Mama, keep on blogging on. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.